1: Eden, and I am joined from Fakatane by Mawera Karatai. Kia ora, Kira Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. Now, on Wednesday, we talked with Simon McCullum talking about policy changes. What's the process oh. that one goes through to make a policy like that?
0: Um, if you're a member of the Labour Party, it's really easy because we have a whole internal uh, process starting from your local committee where you write a, what's called a policy remit, so an idea for a different policy. Uh, well, I'll start by saying that most people don't know that almost all Labour Party policy comes from the members. So it starts at that local level. That then goes through to the different... Um, uh, regional committees that, that we have and then through to the to our national meeting uh, and it gets support as it goes through, gets refined as it goes through and if it's accepted at that national level then it goes into Labour Party policy. That's also how we get law changes as well so we change legislation um, through exactly the same process.
1: Cool. I meant to ask on, when, on Wednesday but we've got that bit of a lesson now. And who are we introducing today?
0: It is my very great pleasure to introduce uh, Britta van der Poel, uh, and she's coming to us from Holland. Uh, Britta works in the field of graphic and motion design, uh, and um, I've just recently learned, I uh, was living in New Zealand and was swimming, which is how you met her. Welcome, Britta, it's very lovely to have you here today. Thank you so much for
2: having me.
1: Welcome, Britta. <laughs> so where are you, Britta?
2: I'm actually in Harlem, which is a town in um, North Holland. And, um, yeah, that, that's where I am. Um, it's funny because I was actually think – I'm listening to po- podcasts a lot. And I was thinking the other day, like, oh, man, it would be so cool to be on a podcast, but who would ever ask me? And literally the <laughs> next morning, I get your message. It was just hilarious. I was like, oh, all right, here we go.
1: <laughs> so is Harlem your hometown? Yes. What's it like?
2: It's uh great. it's a really old town actually and um well town it's a city it's a massive city and um it's quite uh close to the coast so it's only like a 15 minute bike ride it's not as close as Dunedin um but it's still quite close and it's a big city and um i have my office here too which i am in right now <laughs> <laughs> so i can just work from home um if it's covid or not either way i work from home yeah.
1: So we've been asking people how their bubble life was, and in New Zealand, that bu- asking people about their bubble life has gotten complicated because we've changed to a traffic light system. And I know that the first half of your bubbles was here. So how's your bubble yeah. life slash traffic light system going?
2: It's so different from in New Zealand. It's literally a different world. So over here, we don't need to have bubbles. Um, so I yeah, I, I know what the bubble life's like because I did that in Dunedin. And um, over here, it's all a lot more easygoing <laughs> and uh, a, a lockdown is not really a lockdown like we know them in New Zealand. Um, for example, in New Zealand, we couldn't go surfing. We couldn't really go do any extreme sports, just, you know, to keep people out of the hospitals. Over here, that's not even a rule. So, y- you know, it's, I'm, I'm not really affected by it, to be honest, because I'm already working from home anyway um and the, the sports that i do i can still do them well not swimming because the pools are closed. but I, I haven't really been swimming here anyway um because i haven't really found a club yet which is a shame um but yeah bubble life it, it's just very different and it's not i feel like new zealand worked more as a team i, I really felt like we were all doing it together uh, and over here yeah we don't we don't have an amazing prime prime minister like uh, in that unfortunately and there's a lot of opinions uh about this guy and he he's just people are really a little bit done with him and uh, don't really um trust him anymore so it's really hard to to be that team and you you really have this two groups of people one group that is kind of like yes we do need a lockdown and the other group is just against it and they don't do it um so it's a very not very cohesive bubble life as we know it in New Zealand at all. It's very different.
1: Yeah. We're used to very consistent messaging, particularly, even if you just go down to the level of the the style guide, all of the COVID communication is in the same style and the be kind message and and so on. Yeah. Is there a similar (laughs) approach there?
2: Not really. (laughs) (laughs) No. I was thinking about that because like the hashtag be kind uh, thing it doesn't, really, it, it doesn't really exist here. And again, I, I don't really feel like over here we are one big team of Dutch people against COVID. Uh, and I really did have that feeling in New Zealand. I felt like I was one of the 5 million people and we were fighting it all together, you know? Um, and so to be kind was a lot more relevant in New Zealand. And I felt like we were very kind to each other and we could be. Uh, whereas over here, I, I, I couldn't really explain how i'm being kind to other people because it's not really you know it's not really applicable for some reason it's yeah i'm I'm not really in in touch with a lot of people either there's not a big community feel um like like in dunedin you know it it, it felt a lot more like a community and over here it's a big city i don't really know the people that i walk into and yeah i mean i'm being kind i'm saying hi but that's, that's kind of about it you know
1: and so what sort of work are you doing?
2: Uh, yeah, well, graphic and motion design. So it actually um, started, my my graphic design career started in Dunedin because I'm actually a dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> I studied to be a registered dietitian, which is random. Um, and back in uh, 2016, when I moved to New Zealand, I was actually planning on kicking off my uh, career as a dietitian. Um, but little did I know that there were already so many dietitians in New Zealand and a lot more than there were jobs. So they weren't waiting for this over ambitious Dutch girl with an accent <laughs> to take one of their spots. <laughs> and I had to come up with a plan B because it, it wasn't going to happen. They were really giving me a very hard time to uh, arrange my registration, uh, let alone find a job. And um, so I had to come up with a plan B and um I had no idea. So what I went to do is back during my studies over in Holland, I taught kids how to surf. Um, so here on the coast, um, you, you can surf, it's not as good as in Dunedin, which is why I moved to New Zealand. <laughs> um, <laughs> but during my studies, I taught all these little kids how to surf and I had all my diplomas, like international diplomas to, to be a surf teacher all over the world. So I decided to uh, get in touch with surf schools in Christchurch um because i was still living up north and um asked if they needed a hand and that's how i got to know this woman uh called donna henderson from christchurch and she happened to have her own surf school but also her own women's surfing magazine and she desperately needed a graphic designer for the next upcoming issue and she didn't have one and i was really oh i was like quite interested and i told her i was quite interested and I had no experience. I had no idea what I, what I was up for. And before I could finish my sentence, she goes, you got the job. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Well, that's, okay, well, let's do it. So I just dove into this world of um, pixel pushing, as we call it. And I, I had to learn everything from scratch. And I, I was going to create an actual 68-page magazine for print, which is insane. Looking back, it's it's a very... It's not just graphic design. It's also graphic design for productions, which is very technical to just have it all right. Um, so, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I did the magazine and I had built up quite a big network uh, of dietitians because, you know, in my attempt to kick, kick off my dietitian career. Um, and I showed all the dietitians the magazine and they were like, oh, that's cool. Can you can you make like a poster for me or can you do this booklet that I want have been wanting to make for a while? So I built up a little bit of portfolio, and then I was thinking, wow, I love doing this so much. I just, I don't really want to do dietetic work anymore. I I want to be a graphic designer. Um, So I started applying for jobs, and um, after like 20 interviews and and just letters with no response, I was about to give up. And then I saw this, um, this vacancy in Dunedin for Nettle which is the studio on high street that that I um, said I worked and um, yeah, they invited me over for an interview. And the next day I drove south uh, 700 kilometers to do the interview because I really wanted the job and um, it was, it clicked so well with my boss and and the other guys uh, and I got the job. So that's kind of how I rolled into that. um, Yeah my graphic design career and at this stage i'm working as a freelancer so i have my own business which is actually called from the peacock which is my last name translated (laughs) (laughs) and um i've kind of transferred from graphic design into uh motion design which basically means um having graphic design come to life making it move making it animate so infographics start moving and um you know, making logos move and everything you see in videos that's not actually filmed. So all the text and everything. Uh, Yeah. So that's what I do. And I I love it. I've never go back. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Sue the Night, The Whale. Why this one?
2: It's actually made by, so Sue the Night is a friend of mine she's a she's a dutch musician and she has been making music for a long time and um yeah it's just i i love this song it's just so it has such a good energy it's very it has some really good vibes and it's just such a random lyrics about the will and um yeah i love it and yeah my friend made it so that's why (laughs)
0: So, for you to have um, had this massive adventure through your professional life to land where you are now, as, as a self-taught um, practitioner in uh, in graphics and motion, you must have an incredible imagination, absolutely amazing imagination. Where did that develop from? How have you cultivated
2: it over over your life? Ah, oh, it's a good question. Um, well. I think I'm a very visual person, so when I, I, reading stuff doesn't really make sense to me, so I really noticed during my studies, like I studied nutrition and dietetics, so it's very theoretical, and it's a lot of research, Um, and as I was reading all all the long texts, I just wanted to visualize it, and I started making my own little infographics and, and drawings to just explain it to myself, and I just found myself looking for for videos to explain it to me rather than rather than text. Um and that's kind of I don't I don't really know where it comes from. I do remember in primary school um my teacher always told me you're going to end up somewhere drawing or somewhere creative, something visual, and it never made sense to me. I had no idea. Um literally until 5 years ago I had no idea that I was going to be a graphic designer. So, because, you know, I didn't, I didn't study it. I, um, I had a career before studying nutrition. I had a career as a professional snowboarder. Um, so I started doing that when I was about 12 and turned professional when I was 17, which means that I traveled around the world, um, following the winter season from 17 till, um, my 22nd, because then I retired early because of a knee, uh, injury. Um, yeah, so I, I hadn't really worked well. I Snowboarding was work because that's what I got paid to do. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, it didn't feel like work at all. Um, and then coming back of that knee injury, I came up with my plan B, which was becoming a sports dietitian. Um, just because I was intrigued because I worked with a sports dietitian myself during my career and I just wow I just loved the results that I got working with her Um, kind of rolled into that and then it wasn't until that career switch that I just talked about that I discovered hey I love designing things and making things visual and now I really like combining the two so I work with a lot of dietitians I do a lot of posters, infographics, explaining things. Um, Yeah, I I love kind of bridging the gap between the two fields and Mm -hmm. just making the boring text, turning it into something to look at that, you know, everybody understands.
0: That ability that you have to visualize an outcome And then I I think about snowboarding where you'd have to visualize your pathway to get from here to here and surfing where you'd have to anticipate what is that wave going to do. And then you as a teacher teaching surf school, were you able to teach the people, your learners, how to visualize that same way, how to use that, that future thinking that you have? I
2: hope I could. Um <laughs> I'm not sure if I was a great serving teacher to be honest. Um <laughs> but it I think doing it myself especially snowboarding it, it's funny that you say that because visualizing was snowboarding. That that was a massive um way to learn a new trick for example. I you know you you have to see it in your head before you can actually do it. And it was actually one of the biggest um yeah methods to to learn a new trick and i remember one time i i couldn't land this trick it was just not working i kept on falling and then the next night i had a dream and i dreamt that i landed the trick and i went back the next day and i landed it first try so it's really amazing how Mm -hmm. how the brain works and how you you know when you see it and when you really when you can really visualize it in your head uh you're yeah you're able to do so much but it's a different kind of visualizing than the than making things visual but it it actually is the same as well you, you just make it more clear you you kind of explain it you you know yeah
1: the winter olympics starts today are you are you watching or are you 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 put all that behind you
2: <laughs> it's a little bit painful sometimes though um so I, um, so the the discipline I did in snowboarding was slope style, which is um, basically you have the slope and they can put anything on it. It's a couple of jumps, some rails, like street rails from skateboarding. It's kind of a skateboarding freestyle kind of way of snowboarding. And um, that was my thing. And it became Olympic in 2014 in Sochi for the first time. And that was so two years back I was going for the qualification um the qualifying season and at the start of that I tore my ACL um which was you know if if you do a quick recovery with, with good medics you you could do like seven eight months if you're lucky and you're strong and everything goes well um and they did a particular surgery where they didn't take uh the hamstring of my own body, but I got a patella tendon of a, like a donor patella tendon. So I had a lot less to recover because I didn't have that, um, you know, additional wound that they took the tissue off. So I had a quick recovery, came back on snow, um, went to Switzerland for the first kind of trip with the team, with the Dutch team it was. And I was on top of the mountain and I was on top of the drop-in for jumps and I just wasn't feeling it. Just mentally I was like, oh help, this is oh it's so scary still, I don't want to tear it off again. So we made a deal, I was going to go back to Holland, train up for another six weeks uh, and then join the team again to go to the US in the early season in uh, November. So I went back and then what happens at physical therapy... <laughs> I tear off my ACL again. <laughs> oh, my. So 10 months post operation I had a second tear and because of that I um I just missed out on the whole schedule to make it to the Olympics. Um so the first the first tear was was it it sucked but it was okay still considering the schedule but the second one was just yeah I wasn't going to come back in time. Um if I would do another recovery you're You're out for two years, and the level goes up so quickly it was uh it was really hard for me to kind of get my head around it um, and to be honest, at the same time, I had been traveling since I was thirteen, well, not full time but full time since I was fifteen, and living out of a suitcase and I was a little bit sick of it uh, it's not easy it's definitely not just rainbows and unicorns being on the road and, you know, living the snowboarding life. Um so yeah, everything together. I think the second ACL tier was kind of a the, the stroke the the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was just like, nah, I'm retiring. This is uh it's done. I need a new life. Um but yeah, the the whole Winter Olympic thing, you know, it was a goal for me. It was a dream for me. And um two years later all my friends went there. Like my whole team, my my two best friends, my teammates, they went there. They they've done three Olympics by now, um, so it it was hard. And I didn't watch snowboarding for for a couple of years. I didn't. I just quit cold turkey. And the the hard thing is that everybody goes on without you. Like the tour keeps going, <laughs> the, the seasons keep changing. So you step out. Um, it's kind of like the the wee turtles in Finding Nemo. You know when they're in that stream. Yes. When you when you get out of the stream, they keep going, and you lost them, <laughs> and that's kind of what I felt like. So it it was definitely hard, and so Winter Olympics is still a little bit of a uh, I don't know. It's I can I can watch it now, but yeah, it's still a bit of a open wound.
1: <laughs> now we've had this discussion before, but I don't understand how the all of the top gymnasts are tiny and. And we can't tell on the radio, Mawera, but Britta is tall.
2: <laughs> yes, I'm six foot one, uh, which is 185 in metres. Yeah. I'm massive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> like well, I'm five foot one. <laughs> yeah, but- it's, um, well... What, what were you going to ask for? Oh, I was going
1: that? to ask how come the gymnasts are small and the people who are essentially doing gymnastics on the on the snow are, are not small?
2: Oh, I think a lot of snowboarders are small. Absolutely, I was I was definitely the tallest girl. Um, but the good thing about that was I was also the heaviest girl. And the good thing about that in snowboarding is that a lot of time with slope style, you there are speed issues. So you need a particular um, speed to make to clear a jump. If you don't clear a jump, you land on the knuckle. And that's yeah how I tore my ACL one time when it didn't go well. Um, but you, you're supposed to land on the landing and in slope style at competitions, you, you just have to deal with the conditions that you that you're given. And I was most of the time except for that one time, I was always clearing the jumps because I, I was the same weight as the boys. Um, so for me, it was a really good thing. Um, well, yeah. Apart from maybe not being, you know, you're tall, so it's it's maybe harder to to grab your board or to um, a little bit less mobile. But I think it was a good thing for the, for the speed, at least.
1: <laughs> when they you say that they, it could be anything on the slope, you, you're not doing it cold though, are you? you? You get to see it before. You get to practice before the. Yeah. Before the, the the scored run,
2: absolutely, yeah. You you get to practice, um, but the layout of the slope is always different. So, for example, this pa- I, I kind of watched the uh, a world championship in Lax, which was this earlier this month, and um, at the end of the course, they put a quarter pipe, which is not a half pipe but a quarter pipe. So you literally you after the last jump, you you go into it. But it's, it's a very hard, it, like if you're a slopestyle rider, it, chances are high that you're not really good at, at doing a quarter pipe or half pipe because it's just a very different discipline. Um, but they can put it in. So, you know, the people that, that are good at both, they have massive benefits because they can do it. Um, but most of the time, I guess, yeah, most of the big competitions, it starts with a couple of rails. And then it goes into like a jump line of mostly like three jumps. Um, but they could put anything on there. It's it's really fun. It, it's actually really creative again, which is funny because my job is really creative now. Um, but creativity was, that's what you're scored at. So you're not scored at speed. You're not scored at how many rotations you make. You're scored at style and what, what you do, how what it looks like and... If you have a good flow during your run, you have to land everything so you can't crash. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's always a surprise, but you do get to practice mostly. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you have time to make a plan.
0: Bubble Sprite of the Forest of the Diniden's favorite goddess,
3: Tahu Mackenzie.
4: Kia ora koutou, kia koutou, hope you're all having a best day, beautiful superstars and your beloved universes and i really hope whatever you are is happening around you this journey that we're all on together has proven to be very rewarding very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more who you are and for nature's perfect unique and here making this better thank you now i know that for all of us for more than two years now, we've had to navigate an ever-changing landscape an envisioned future which has shifted and changed before our hearts, spirits, minds and eyes. Our consciousness has had to continuously adapt and the emotional realities that we've had to be faced with have often been so alien as to affect us all deeply. At the same time alongside all of this because of who we are we have been learning, we have been growing we have been adapting, we have been communicating, we have been cooperating and we have been co-evolving with all life in an infinite web. So as much as we have been in the midst of a mire of, of the new and the frightening, we've also been in a time of real transformation. So I hope that for all of you You can look back over this very mixed bag that we've been delving and diving into together and find the pearls, the poos. Something, of course, that is a constant source of wonder and beauty to me is, of course, the living world, the natural world, which I used to call the real world, but I feel now that all is real. But the first world from which all all life springs and this world of course offers us so much support so much wisdom so much vaster and more complex than anything our consciousness can conceive of of course all life is a spark of consciousness linked into one great infinite consciousness that is our universe as i lie here in Oti Porti, remembering the spectacular double rainbow which occurred yesterday. I feel so grateful to be a human animal, be able to take within the observations which I make and be able to recalibrate and be inspired, reform and reconfigure them with them. And then, of course, produce something new, something new comes forward as a result and we are all constantly doing this wonderful so the double rainbow of course is the wonderful tohu for us all the wonderful sign and symbol and omen, very powerful and beautiful and the double rainbow of course reveals to us all the time that there is so much that we can't see with our human eyes there are so many layers to this world that are invisible to us most of the time and then when something like the double rainbow happens and we see all of these things which surround us all the time so it's a good reminder that even in the midst of a sense of heaviness and darkness and sadness and pain and suffering and confusion and fear and all of these things that pandemic has stirred up in us all that all around us there is loving support all around us there is possibility all around us there is hope and it is there waiting for us to see it so of course for me this show gives me great hope and I want to say a big thank you to Sam and the whole Blowing Bubbles team for having me and I look forward to talking to you again soon, thanks so much
1: You're listening to Blowing Bubbles, we're talking with Britta Vanderpel Britta you're in Harland, uh, Harlem in North Holland it's winter. Yep. Do you get a, do you get a good winter?
2: It's it feels cooler than Dunedin, actually. <laughs> it, it's not as mild. It, it's it's a lot more moisture in the air, so the the cold just goes straight to your bones. Um, yeah, it's it's intense. It's about two degrees outside right now, and we're dealing with Storm Cory. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, this. You wouldn't like it if I would take you outside right now. Um, but I guess the days are getting longer again now. We, we've had the worst. But January is always very depressing for a lot of people. You need your vitamin D supplement for sure.
1: <laughs> but just despite, the, despite the cold, people bike everywhere.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Biking makes you warm. <laughs> yeah. And it's flat, of course. So I think the biggest difference um, from, well, living in Dunedin, it's just very hilly. So I really struggled biking anywhere because, (laughs) because. And over here, yeah, it's flat. So it's it's just the way you move. Um, It's a lot more expensive to own a car. Um, It's especially in big cities, you cannot park it or you can, or it's really expensive. So it's just easier to take the bike um and it, it's not like a mountain bike or a racing bike we have these grandma bikes we call them granny bikes and you sit straight up and it's very comfortable And you have a big basket at the front of your bikes to put your bag in and it's it's a very comfortable thing to do and if it's raining you have your rain pants so you can still bike when it's raining and you have all these things and i had to get used to it again when i got back to holland because i wasn't used to it anymore at all um there's even these things Oh, gosh, how am I going to explain this? Um, so when it has rained and the saddle of the bike is wet, you have these little bags that are perfectly suited to the saddle of the bike. So you can put them over so your butt stays dry. It's, it's this whole thing. And, and, yeah, it's a thing. Everybody does it. It's not weird at all. <laughs> oh, and you get a very big fine if you don't have lights on your bike in the evening.
1: But helmets like need aren't. to be visible helmets aren't compulsory
2: no 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 that's another thing i was yeah they are in new zealand eh? yeah. mm. uh, no not over here definitely not no <laughs> you actually since i think since the start of last year you're not allowed to be on your phone anymore when you're on your bike because a lot of kids of course they bike to school and they're on their phone and they're texting and everything <laughs> Uh, you get a really bad fine for that now too, which I think is really good.
1: We have seen lots of changes in society since the start of the pandemic. Which I'm trying to get my head around. The fact was quite a long time ago now. What what do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? Because of COVID? Yeah. <sighs>
2: What do I hope will stick? Well, definitely not the face masks. Because <laughs> they are annoying. Um, what do I hope will stick? I I didn't mind swimming in the pool with only like two people in a lane, to be honest. That was quite nice. I didn't mind that. Um, other things. Um, I was actually thinking about one the other day. What was it? just, I guess, less people just having a bit more space and, you know, being at places and just just having a little bit more wiggle room or I don't know, it's um, and over here, I guess, rush because a lot of people are working from home, there's less cars on the road, uh, which used to be a massive problem over here. Um, yeah, traffic jams. And they will become less, I guess. And I think a lot more people and a lot more businesses are looking at, you know, people working from home and working remote. Um, I think that will stick, partly, not not entirely. Um, and I hope it's not because I think it's really good to be somewhere in a physical place. I remember going back to the studio after the New Zealand lockdown, and I was just so happy to see the guys again and to be in the studio and to just be there and, and have face-to-face contact with people. So. I really hope, um, you know, that's, that's going to happen still, but it's, it's good to know that, you know, we're more adaptable now and we can work. Well, some people can work from home if they want to. So I think it's good to have some more options. Yeah.
1: You're working from home at the moment.
2: Yeah. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For me, it just works really well. Um, I get to arrange my own time. Uh, you need to have discipline for that, but I'm, I'm a quite a disciplined person. I have my, my lists and my schedules and everything. And I love being able to do some, you know, to do some little things in the house during work, just put some laundry on, um, go for a walk during lunch, a little bit longer maybe than you would if you're at the office. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it a lot and um, yeah, just, I think the freedom really, it's just, it really suits me and I can deal with it. Like I don't, I don't take too much of it. You know what I mean? Like I just get my stuff done. I work more efficient and, um, I have a separate room. Like I'm not, I'm not in the same room as I sleep. So I can just close off this door and yeah, you can live my life again. Go,
1: you can go to work. You don't need to be around the other people for the, for the creativity.
2: Um, sometimes you do uh there's a lot of clients of me that uh, they have their offices around uh, this area so i can just go on the bike or walk to them and have some meetings um a lot of phone calling i still have some new zealand clients so i actually call with them as well just video calling and everything so yeah, it's doable. And most of the time, it's, it's just me nerding here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll just have to work out a way that you can come swimming remotely.
2: I know. That would be great. I miss swimming. I really do miss it. And it's been a bummer. Like I've Over here, it's just a different game with swimming. Um, it's, it's more expensive. It's a lot more busy. Um, and I actually recently found a pool not far from here. It's like a 20-minute drive. Um, and it's actually lovely. It's a 50 meter pool, But there, you guys aren't there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's different. It's different doing a tough session on my own. Um, so I haven't really picked it up yet, but I don't really mind because I uh, some friends of mine talked me into going to this CrossFit gym, which I had never done before. Um, and I tried it once and of course it's very addictive, so now I do CrossFit three times a week <laughs> and I love it um, so I just I don't mind changing sports up a little bit here and there um, I've been biking a lot I got my gravel bike hanging over there you see it? Yep. Um, so I just I make sure to go out for bike rides and um, you know which is my cardio instead of the swimming and it's fun, I just like being adaptable and being able to enjoy what this country has to offer because biking really suits holland but if i would be back in new zealand i would be surfing and swimming again so i kind of like changing it up
1: let's take the second of your music choices let's have taylor swift long story short what's the short story of why you want this one
2: I had to take a Taylor Swift song because I'm such a Swift fan, oh, and um, it's it's funny because um, she actually released two full albums during lockdown. So over, so that's last year. So in 2021, she released two full albums, and I just think that it, she was just so productive. And she changed up for a whole genre. So she's a lot more alternative indie kind of style now. Um, and her lyrics, I think, are just brilliant. And this particular song, I can just relate to it way too much because <laughs> it just relates to the relation Because I broke up with my relationship uh, just before the lockdown in New Zealand. It was quite good timing, actually. And uh, the song goes, um, long story short, it was a bad time. Long story short, it was the wrong guy. And it just sums up my situation and that song listening to that song just yeah was a good reflection for me
3: Faithfully I tried to pick my battles till the battle picked me Misery Like the war of words I shouted in my sleep And you passed right by I was in the alley Surrounded all Walking it till you high heels break. And I fell from the pedestal, right down the rabbit hole. Long story short, it was a bad tie. Pushed from the precipice, clung to the nearest lips. Long story short, it was a Lost in these petty things, your nemesis will defeat themselves before you get the chance to swing. And he's passing by, rare as the glimmer of a comet in the sky. And he feels like home if the shoe fits, walking in everywhere you go. And I fell from the pedestal right down.
1: Britta, I have some questions to end the show and not very much time, so we shall have to be quick. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years?
2: Um, Getting my own work visa in New Zealand because I finished my apprenticeship. Yeah, I really earned that. That was great.
1: You'll have to come back and use it.
2: I, I did use it.
1: You have to use it again.
2: <laughs> I know I should. Yeah, you
1: know. <laughs> Who knows. When we when the borders are open again, we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? My
2: superpower.
1: Oh mm. gosh. Um, connecting people. Connecting people. Do you consider yourself to be an activist?
2: No, no, I don't like spreading my opinion too much, to be honest. I can't be bothered.
1: What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning?
2: Uh, just life, um, being healthy. Um, yeah, that's the short version.
1: So what's the biggest challenge you're looking forward to in the next year or so?
2: Oh, that's a hard one biggest challenge keeping my like growing my business because i just started my own business since i um got to holland so yeah growing that and making a living off of that
1: and lastly do you have any advice for our listeners
2: advice for what
1: (laughs) anything you like it's a free hit
2: oh gosh um Oh, we don't have much time. That's pressure. I can't handle that. Um, <laughs> I guess what I like, just a saying I like, is um, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So, yeah, prepare for for anything, anything in life, and you know it just sets you up for a better outcome.
1: Thank you for that, Mawira
2: it has been really lovely listening to you um
0: talking about your life and um the the challenges that you've faced but how you've overcome them but um but really you know like i'm just I'm excited by the this transformation in your uh how how do I put it how your ability to visualize things and to to think into the future has created a whole life for you. And it's just been really neat to hear you talk about that. Thank you very much for joining us today.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
1: You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We're broadcast on Otago Access Radio every Monday, Wednesday and Friday afternoons at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. This is smiling Duncan Disorderly and the Scallywags. Keep smiling. I'm Samuel Mayman yeah. Soy, in Eden, with Mawera Karatai in Fakatani, and we've been joined from Harlem in North Holland by Britta van der Powell. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show. Smile, you can smile too. Smiling is a real nice thing to do. Relax now And get in your groove And let the cheeky little grin Take right over you Because the cheek to cheek Is how it should be A cheeky little grin Really working it for me And well, we like to smile It makes feel nice I like to take my tea Sugar and my spice So I can mix it up I give in and I get Reminiscing about the moments I don't want to forget Waking up the morning dew the sun be rising up right here right now for me and you in the distance the edge of the horizon standing there playing my guitar